If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Turn with me this evening. I'm on a mission. To Luke 7. Bear with me because you know me. I I like to read a lot of scripture when I'm up here. So Luke chapter 7. We're going to read just a few verses starting in 36. I've entitled this tonight, in the words of the great theologian Justin Bieber, never say never. Now, the Lord brought this, this uh, I was reading through this story, and it's an amazing story full of small truths that can help all of us. So I want to bring those to you tonight. So Luke seven thirty six through 50, bear with me. I'm just going to read this all first before we get into it, and we'll be out slightly after dark, but before midnight. Verse 36 says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, talking about Jesus, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, this is interesting, by the way, this story is mentioned in all four Gospels, but this one is dramatically different than the other three. So this is why we're, we're looking at this one tonight. So behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner... When she knew that Jesus sat down at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him weeping. Get this picture in your mind. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Verse 39 says, Now when the Pharisee who had invited him, Jesus, saw this, He spoke to himself saying, and I'll do my best pharisaical voice, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. I don't mean to make light of this, but this is just a wretched view of humanity when you're like this. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, this guy's Simon Simon the leper is what he's known as in these other gospels. Simon, I have something to say to you. So he says, Teacher said, I love that Jesus looks over him and says, Simon, I've got something to say to you. And he says, okay, teacher, go ahead and say it. Verse 41 says, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman, this is Jesus, he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet. This is where the story gets really good. But she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Verse 45 says, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. Mm. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil, special, reserved oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, showing her reaction to to love. She loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the, the same loves little. Then verse 48 says, then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this that even forgives sins? Mm. 
this is the kicker. Verse 50 says, Then Jesus, he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I'm here tonight to encourage you and remind you to be bold about your walk with God and your relationship. Be bold with everybody that you encounter. The phrase, never say never, we've heard it for decades. And it actually, I I was looking it up, and it originates in a Charles Dickens short story. And there's a, a little quote in there. But we've used it for decades. And it's one of those things that I personally, when I hear that, think to myself, it's something that I probably am not going to want to do or to hear. Never say never. Right? Like, oh, you never know. God might call you to to a mission field in China. Oh, no. No, he won't. Well, never say never. It's something like that. You know that you get, you get kind of a, a weird feeling hearing never say never because there's, some, there's always that little little bit of doubt in your mind that, yes, that could happen. Well, this woman in this story, just by her reaction, she heard, she, this is actually Lazarus' sister. Martha, this is Mary of Mary, Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters. And just a chapter before this, Jesus had raised her brother from the dead. And she had heard all about him because Bethany is just a couple of miles from Jerusalem. So she knew what was going on. I mean, there was a firestorm brewing because of what Christ was doing. He was ruffling religious people's feathers. He was raising people from the dead. Everybody that he came in contact with, he was healed. they were healed. Everything was going right in his mind and her mind. And she put her trust in him. She knew this is the man right here. This is the God man. She was a known sinner, the Bible says. She was someone that probably shouldn't be in the house of a Pharisee, Simon. This is actually, Simon is actually Judas Iscariot's father. She used, she brought in the fragrant, expensive oil that was the reserved stuff that was, that was uh, formulated with a very fragrant flour mixed with oil, and it was just, it, he, Jesus said in another account that she was anointing him for his burial when everybody gave, gave her a hard time for doing that. And I find it amazing that she comes into this guy's house and she stands behind him and she's weeping because she knows the power that this man has and that how many lives he's been changing. She's weeping. She anoints his head and his feet with oil. She washes his feet with her tears and wipes them, wipes them clean with her hair. She has nothing to give except this expensive fragrant oil that she's probably been keeping away for years. And sitting at the table eating dinner with him as a man Jesus raised from the dead just a few days before. But it's when you know the truth that you'll be different than you used to be. You'll be bolder. Because you'll step up in your faith and your believing. You'll, you'll say, you know what? He's done everything for me in my life. He's, he's righted every wrong in my life. So why, why shouldn't I be bold about it? Tonight, I want you to remember that the message that changed your life should make you go where you've never gone, it should make you do what you've never done, and it should make you thank like you've never thanked before. Just a few quick little points I want you guys to remember tonight. I don't think this 
woman was expected at this house that night, that evening for dinner, at the Pharisee's house. I think she just heard Jesus was going to be there, and she made her way there. She walked in, barged in, stood behind Jesus, weeping, washed his feet with her tears, and wiped them clean with her hair, and anointed him with oil. Can you even imagine the scene that's going on with these guys? And and, and in a minute, we'll read uh, a couple of scriptures where people in the room are like, what's going on? This, This woman brings in this expensive oil. I mean, we could sell that and give to the poor. You know, they're, they're judging her immediately when she walks in. Verse 37 says, And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Is there, is there one single sci-fi fan in this room? Right there? Now, this, this is not scripture, but when I was a young kid, the, the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind became really popular because it had really cool special effects, and just like Star Wars was kind of gaining notoriety, and, uh, and it was an amazing visual product of cinema. I just loved it. It was just, back in the late 70s and early 80s, it was breathtaking. And I remember the final scene, it's, it's a story of, you probably know the story, but the story is based around Richard Dreyfuss, who's got this pull. He's just, he just knows there's something that he's supposed to be doing. And he, he goes the whole movie long, and, and long story short, don't tell Pastor Eric I told you guys this story. <laughs> this, is just, this is just a really cool example. But so the, the, the guy's... And the government, they have this secret base and this UFO lands. And off from the UFO comes like missing Air Force pilots that have been missing for like 50 years. And people that, are, uh, that haven't been heard from for a long time. And it's just kind of an interesting thing to think about. But in addition to that, what they're going to do is they're going to swap some astronauts to go up into the UFO. And so Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus goes up. But he knows that the whole time. That he's got this spooky feeling like that he's supposed to do that his whole life. But even though that's an unusual story, it's times like those in our lives that we know we've got a calling. We know we've, we're going somewhere. We're being drawn to do something. We've got something bigger in us to do. And when the truth calls, you've got to be willing to go. There have been times in my life where I've been scared to death to do what I know I should be doing or what I know. I mean, if you look at me 15, 20 years ago, I would never say never. I would never say that I would be up here. And then I would hear the words, never say never, ringing in my ear. What if you're supposed to start a ministry? What if you're supposed to be a teacher in kids' church? See, some people have levels of fear in our lives. Like, oh, no, I know I couldn't, I know I couldn't receive an offering. I know I couldn't teach kids' church because that, I'm nervous. Or I know I couldn't go out of the country on a missions trip. Or I know I definitely couldn't be videoed and be put on the Internet or on a TV station. What if you're just supposed to join a Bible study? I believe that the words calling you out 
to do something, to go somewhere different. Go where you've never gone before. You know the truth. And you have a relationship with the Most High God. So that makes it easy to step out and go somewhere. Just a couple of verses later in verse 38, it says, And she stood at his feet behind him weeping, where she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. And I'm tempted to say that she probably had never acted like that in her life because she was a known sinner in the town. And the only thing that would make her act like that would be knowing that her sins are forgiven because she's acting in thanks. She's acting in love. Jesus said, talked about her love at the very end of this passage. She was the sister of Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead. She entered a man's house that she probably shouldn't even be in. Busted up a dinner. And this act, this beautiful, wonderful scene was going on. I just find it striking how Jesus takes care of the situation. He gives a quick little story. And then all the men in the house are thinking, oh my goodness. And as she was doing this, she was frowned upon by the men that were there. Judas Iscariot asked why she was wasting this when the valuable oil could be sold and given to the poor. Actually, or put in somebody's pocket, more likely. And then Simon told Jesus that if he were a prophet, he'd know this woman and what kind of woman she was. So obviously he's not a prophet. I think sometimes as people, we get the desire to, do, want to want to do something a little bit crazy. Whether it's like your midlife crisis. Those of us that are still in our 30s, we would never do that. I, and I only say that because I'm about to turn 40. But I had to make levity. But sometimes we want to do something a little bit crazy. The 21st century brought about the term bucket list where people would determine, they'd make a list of however many things you wanted to do before you passed away, right? Before you entered heaven, hopefully. And I've seen people with a list of like three things. I've seen people with a list of 100. I, I printed out one today that this woman had written. And some of these things are, I mean, yeah, they're intense things to do. Like visit the seven wonders of the world or, I mean, they're doable, but man, it would be a, it would be awesome if you did the, these things. Learn a new language. That's not too hard to do. Quit a, quit a job and, ch and chase your passion rather than just trudging along day after day. Climb a mountain, like a real mountain. I mean, these are, these th these are things that they feel like they're out of reach, right? But they're truly not. Some people in here may have trouble with going somewhere for a week without any planning. Just taking off and going somewhere. That's probably me. <laughs> Running a marathon? That's probably not me. Fly an airplane? 
drive a Lamborghini, that's definitely me. Take a cooking class. I have her at home, so she gives me cooking classes. Learn how to salsa dance. Or be part of a feature film, like a real movie, something like that. Where these, these things are, for us, they're like, step out and be totally crazy, you know, to the natural mind. Sometimes doing something totally out of the ordinary stems from having a greater cause. Something that you see down the road that you know you're going there. And you get that in your mind, and you think, I will make this. I will do this. And that's how this woman was acting. She walked into that house. She didn't care who was there, who was looking at her, who was judging her. She did not care one bit. The way she acted was all in love and thankfulness toward Jesus and what he had done. She had seen him raise her brother from the dead. And she had heard all the the stories about him making people whole and doing everything against what normal religion would say, bringing hope and life to people's lives. Can you imagine living under this religious tyranny back then? Can you even imagine that? Don't worry about what people think about you. Get it in your head how you can change somebody's life. That's the easiest thing. Do something you've never done before just to impact somebody. Because that's your mission. That's your mission in life. You could be the factor in someone's life just that their relationship with Christ starts. You could be that factor. You could be the catalytic factor. You could be the one crazy enough to tell somebody that there's a better life out there. There's hope. There's love. There's peace of mind. You could be that person that tells them that. In the last few verses, starting in 44, he says, it says, Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? He says he turned to the woman. So he's looking at the woman, but he's addressing Simon. He says, Do you see this woman? And I find it a little difficult to read, to not read a little bit of anger into this from Jesus. He says, I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. And ceremonial foot washing was relatively commonplace there, but it was, it was, it was honoring a guest in your home. Just, I mean, I read up a little bit about it, and it didn't matter if you were wearing sandals, shoes, whatever, but you should offer someone or either a servant or a, a, a little bowl of water to wash feet at this time. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears. Can you imagine how long that took and what kind of effort that took? The woman is weeping behind, standing behind Jesus, washing his feet with her tears. Says, and he wiped them and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. She's not ceased to do it. All she's worried about is showing love and thankfulness for the things in her life that were dealt with and totally done away with. Her reputation after this was going to be totally changed. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. They took a, a flower called a spikenard and they merged it, they formulated fragrant oil with that. And it was just, it, 
One, one account says the whole room, you could smell the fragrance of the oil in the whole room. Change the whole atmosphere. I love that. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, just like she's acting now in love. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Jesus said, she's the one with the big debt. She's been forgiven. This is how she's repaying. I read a story about a, a young man in the early 80s named Michael Santos. And he graduated from Shorecrest High School in North Seattle, Washington in 1982. This is many moons ago. He began working for his father's electrical company right out of high school for several years. He eventually graduated in 1992 with a Bachelor of Arts in Human Resources Management from Mercer University. Three years later, in 1995, he graduated with a Master of Arts in a, in a focus of political science and cultural anthropology from Hofstra. That's a pretty big deal. I'd say at least. 2003, he married his wife, Carol. And he's written numerous books and articles through, these, through all of these years, this whole decade and a half. But what I didn't tell you was that in 1987, he was sent to federal prison for 26 years. And he did all of that while he was in prison. He was busted working for his dad's company. He was busted trafficking cocaine, and they gave him 26 years behind bars. But he said, before he was even sentenced, he knew he had done wrong. And he said, I'm going to do, I'm going to make myself right to get back into society. I'm going to do the right thing. So he educated himself, prepared himself. One day he was going to get out. And it's a man like this that realizes how much he's been given a second chance. Therefore, I say to you, her, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. He tells the woman, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? They're questioning him now. Who is this guy that he can even forgive sins right here, right now, tonight? Then Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. She knew he was the son of God. She had seen him raise her brother from the dead. She had heard all the stories around Jerusalem, Bethany, in the hills and mountains around. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Every day is an opportunity for you to be thankful like you've never been thankful before. It's one of those things that just pours out of us. But I encourage you to be even bold in that, in your giving of thanks. See the good things that are going on in your life. Don't just focus on negativity or lack or a, a trial relationship, a, a bad relationship. Don't focus on those things. This woman had her life changed and she did only what she was able to do to thank him. She offered what she could offer. Her love, her tears, some fragrant oil that changed the atmosphere. So tonight I'm here to encourage you to be bold.
Be bolder than you have been. Be the person that brings change. Be the person in the office that people know they can go to for you to pray for them. Be the person that always has a smile on their face that's out of the ordinary. Be the person at the drive-thru that tells the person that checked you out, hey man, God loves you. Change the atmosphere around you. Be the person that spreads good news. No matter where or how, spread the good news. And always be thankful for that wonderful message that changes lives. This is quick tonight, but I want to take a second too. Uh, Jen and I are going to be up here, and if you have prayer for anything, if you have prayer needs for anything, we want to invite you down, and we'd love to pray for you. Uh, I just want to remind you tonight, as I said, that what you've been given is much. And I know you guys are thankful for much, but there's always more that we can do and, and help people and just spread the good word. I talked to a young man on the phone yesterday down in Dallas that had come to our church from, from an area pretty far from our church, and uh, he left a message wanting to speak to me. And, and so I called him, and he had been really down, really basically just down. His relationship with his family wasn't good, and he had never really had a dad in his life, and he was just having a hard time. And I just encouraged him, and I said, you know what? People make mistakes. People may not say the best thing to you all the time, but I told him what, what he could do was control his attitude and his thankfulness and, the, and, and that attitude of gratefulness and know what he's been given. I, I told him to know what he's been given. He's been given grace. He's been given life. He's been given peace and joy, and I just reminded him of that. And I think God was giving me the words as we spoke because at the end of the conversation, he said, man, I, I really, I knew that God would have somebody call me because it had been a couple of days since he had left a message. But just be that person that encourages. Be that person that always has maybe one or two scriptures ready where somebody comes to you and you say, you know what? By his stripes you are healed. That's what the word says. Just be that person. It's really easy to do. Go from one level of bold to another level of bold. So we're just going to take a couple of minutes and uh, be down here for prayer if you guys need anything. I didn't ask you, but would you mind playing just for a second? God, we love you and we thank you for this wonderful time tonight. We thank you for this amazing story in your word, Lord, and the power that it shows us, these simple truths, Lord, just to encourage us to be a little bit bolder with our walk. Lord, that we are the tools that you use to affect others. And so, God, we thank you for this wonderful time. I thank you for your word that does never returns void. It never returns void. And, Lord, I thank you for the grace that you've given us, that you have given us much, and we love much in return. Lord, you loved us first. We thank you for that wonderful love. We thank you for bridging the gap between heaven and earth by sending Jesus to us, Lord. Nothing we could ever do could fix humanity. God, but what you did fixed it for eternity. One sacrifice, Lord. One sacrifice fixed all of our wrongdoings. And we thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the power of your word and your spirit that's with us. 
I thank you for everybody that's represented here tonight. All the families here, Lord, I, I pray your abundance on them. I thank you for peace that passes all understanding, Lord, that guards their hearts and minds. And Lord, I thank you right now for health and wholeness in these homes. Lord, I thank you that they are healthy and whole, all of their children. In Jesus' name, we thank you for bringing Pastor Eric and Heather back to us safely this week and for a refresh, refreshing time for them. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11 a.m., or 1 p.m., and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Please visit onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at One Cause Church. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.